man, what can I do to make these kids learn more? Maybe if I added a little competition. We'll talk about that today in Episode 4 of the Substitute Teacher's Lounge. Welcome to episode four. Now, I know you're like me and that you want uh, the students to be as engaged as possible when you're in their classroom. What I have found is that competition adds just that little element that will help the kids to all participate at the same time. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. Now, there's all kinds of ways to do that. Uh, some of the ways I have tried is to have, you know, split classes up into teams and then have them compete maybe on the board with math problems and things like that. Uh, maybe give away a few prizes, some chocolate or something for whichever team that wins. Uh, but I'll have to admit one day when I was substitute teaching for a middle school class, basically the notes that the teacher left for me was just try using Kahoot today and see how that goes. And I had never heard of Kahoot at that time, but I'm glad I did because that really added a lot to the class. I had a student teacher with me that day, so she helped me get through a lot of it. But we're going to talk about that today. We'll talk about competition and especially how it applies to Kahoot for substitute teachers uh, and how you can use that in your classroom to get the students that especially the ones that weren't otherwise engaged, all of a sudden participating in the class. Now, one of the great things about Kahoot is that it's very flexible. You can play it across a lot of different formats. Uh, I've been to a lot of middle schools and high schools in my area, about eight of them, and I've tried it in all of those classes, and the kids absolutely love it. Because it's a way they can enjoy themselves, get noisy if they need to, be competitive, and accidentally learn something. Because the tests they're taking through Kahoot are tests that's related to the subject they're studying that day. Kahoot makes it very easy. The first thing I will start with today is just basically how it works. I mentioned it was across a lot of different formats, and I had taught at a lot of different schools, and... Many of the schools have a lot of Chromebooks. Uh, those are Google Chromebooks. Google has contracts with a lot of different school systems. Those are small uh, laptop-type, uh, tablet-type computers that they can put about 40 in a cart on wheels and actually wheel those from class to class. So I've been to some schools that have a lot of those, a lot of Google Chromebooks. I've had some schools that have a lot of rooms that have computers in for every student. I had one middle school where the computers actually were built into the desk, and they fold it underneath the desk, and the students could simply lift up the desk and use those. And then as a last resort, uh, of course, high school students are normally allowed to bring their smartphones to class. They can play Kahoot on those. I've done that in middle school as well, where the Chromebooks were short and the computers were short we actually allowed them to bring their phones to the classroom and we participated in these quizzes on Kahoot. So it's very flexible in that regard. 
So here's the first thing you do if you are interested. Uh, you go into Kahoot.com. You can log in. Now, some of the school systems actually already have accounts. I log in under my own name, and that gives you the opportunity to then do several things. Let's talk about the actual test you can pull up first, and then we'll talk about how the students make their connections. So, for instance, uh, the class, obviously, that I was in as a long-term substitute, I use this a lot. We'll talk about that a little bit first, and then we'll talk about how I also used it in classes that I only had, you know, one day at a time. So you're filling in for several different teachers uh, across several different days, several different students, and several different subjects. So you go to Kahoot.com. Uh, in my case, I'm going to use sixth grade math. That's all I did. I typed in sixth grade math in the search bar at the top of their website. And all of a sudden, I have a lot of different competition tests that included sixth grade math. I previewed some of those. Uh, Kahoot will let you through either your computer or your smartphone to take those tests, preview those tests, and see what you think. Now, I would encourage all of you, if you go this route, make sure that you preview that test uh, as, as you can before you show it to the students. And here's why. I actually found some of the math tests. Uh, I found some incorrect answers or at best some confusing answers. And there's also, you can put the number of seconds that you want students to have to answer each question. For some reason, some tests had been set at two minutes. Now, the reason that makes a difference is if you have some students that either are taking a long time to answer the question or they just happen to be using a device that has a bad internet connection. So perhaps they're a participant, but they've lost their connection. So obviously they aren't answering the question. So you might have all but one student get through the question in 10 seconds and then you have to spend the other two minutes because he didn't log in or that he got logged out from his source. Then all the other students have to wait until that one student has answered before it rolls over to the next question. Maybe not a big deal for you, but uh, it will create a situation where you know, there'll be a lot of waiting. And of course, the more you have students waiting, the more you have to occupy their time. I usually use uh, around 20 seconds, depending on what the question is. Now, on the flip side, uh, Kahoot has recently had their convention. I think it was up in Pennsylvania, and they are adding a four-minute option. And that sounds like a lot of time, but at the same time, if you're using Kahoot to do a few more complex problems or maybe some things where they're going to have to use a side sheet of paper to do some calculations, that type of thing. Well, maybe the four minutes is valid. So Kahoot gives you a lot of flexibility. You can make it as quick as five to ten seconds. You can make it as long as four minutes. And so far, we have talked about using tests that are already out there. But I've found that the real beauty of Kahoot is to have the flexibility to design your own. Here's what that does for you. It lets you design questions that you've most recently discussed. 
And I like to throw in some personal questions about myself on occasion, too, to kind of break the ice, maybe give them three or four questions about the subject they're teaching. And then uh, after that, throw in a question, you know, what drink do you see Mr. Collins drinking every afternoon in the classroom? Uh, What team just won the Stanley Cup? Things like that to kind of break up. Uh, the seriousness, give them a temporary break, and then get them back to what they were actually learning in that classroom for that day. Now, once you've found some tests that you would like to use or some tests that you have actually created yourself, here's the way the procedure works. You pull up that test, you click through the uh, choices for Kahoot so that you can play that test in your classroom, keeping in mind that you're uh, flashing your computer up on your screen so that all the students in your classroom can see the screen. So once you choose that test to take and participate, uh, a number will flash on your screen. It's a code number, usually five or six digits. Then your students take whatever uh, item they're using, their smartphone, their computer, whatever, and they go to Kahoot.it. Now, Kahoot.it, all they can do there is they have to create a name for themselves to participate under. You'll have to uh, keep a watch on those names, of course. And then they have to enter in the code for that particular test. You have shown them the code on the screen. They enter that code into their smart device, and they are ready to go. So once everybody in your classroom has done that, of course, you have some team options, too, if you'd rather them to participate as teams. I normally have them do it on an individual basis. So they key in that code. They're ready to go. Once everybody is in, you can click start the game and you're on the way. The first question will pop up. Let's say it's how do you calculate the area of a square? The question pops up by itself just for a few moments so the kids have time to read the question. Then the timer starts as the four answers flash up. Now, if it's one of those that you have designed yourself, you'll notice that the answers are often in a different random order than the way you initially type them in when you design the test. But there you have a question on the board, on the screen, and the students click the answer they like, uh, the ones that they think are correct. Once all the students in your class have participated and clicked an answer, the it rolls over and creates a little bar graph to show you how many answers were correct and how many students chose each of the answers that were offered. Then the test proceeds through all the questions. You can design as few or as, as many questions as you like. I have seen the ones I have designed, I usually stick with 10. It actually takes just a few moments to play 10 questions, believe it or not, by the time you have the waiting time for that many students. But once the questions is is complete, it shows you that bar graph, as I told you, and you proceed to the next question by clicking the next button. You don't automatically go to the next question. It will wait for the teacher to click that button. You get through all of your questions, and it tells who the winner is and second and third place at the end. 
given uh, the name they chose to use for themselves. It's set up like a Olympic platform where the winner is the tallest bar in the middle and the others are to each side of the winner so that the winner's in the middle. So we've, we've had a lot of fun with that. Now, as I mentioned, you can use the tests that are already in there. Uh, now, I will go ahead and tell you before we talk about designing your own test that you want to make sure that when you design your own test, you click the private button. So then nobody else can choose your test. Now, if you like your test and you want other people to choose your test to participate at other schools, just make sure you don't have personal questions on there. For instance, I would preview some of the tests before giving it to the students. I would be going through several of the questions. I thought they were great. I thought they were perfect for what we're studying. And then all of a sudden, one of the tests would ask Mr. Smith's favorite color. So that was obviously a test where the teacher chose to ask some personal questions. I'm glad that teacher did. But at the same time, he should have clicked the private option. So make sure when you design your own test, you click the private option so that others don't see that if you are going to include some of your own personal questions. Now, before you say, Greg, you know, I think designing my own test might be a little more than I want to try to handle. And since you said there are lots of tests out there for lots of grades on lots of subjects, I think I'll go that route. Well, that's fine if that's what you choose to do. But let me tell you, this is so easy to design. I did a 10-minute test. I designed a 10-minute test for my students one evening while I was watching TV. I designed it in less than 30 minutes, and that includes a lot of different options. Now, when I said I designed the test, I actually did it through the Kahoot app, which you can load onto your smartphone and have just as much flexibility as that you have in the on a PC or a or a Mac or something like that. To be honest, I think the app is the best way to design a test because it's right there in your hand. You can click answers quickly, and that's the route I chose to take. Now, when you're designing your test, it will ask you uh, to, well, it won't ask you, but you will click the create button at the bottom of the screen once you open the app. It goes to a blank canvas, so to speak. You can add cover images. You don't have to worry about putting personal pictures, although you can choose if you'd like to, given your comfort level. But the Kahoot app also has a library of a lot of different pictures you can use. You can use pictures for the test yourself. I had used one of myself, kind of dressed up as a clown, just to kind of get a chuckle out of the class when we first started. Then you can give your test a title. For instance, Mr. Collins' sixth grade math quiz. You can put a description down if you want to. That will work. The visibility section is where you click whether it's going to be public or private. Once you choose all those parameters for your test, it's then time to ask a question or design your questions. And you do that simply by clicking the Add Question button. 
After you've clicked the Add Question button, then the options go to question number one. You can click anything on that screen. It will default to 20 seconds, or in other words, the students have 20 seconds to answer the question. You can add an image, another image, just for that question. I would encourage you always to do that because it just adds a little dimension to the question rather than seeing a boring blank screen. You then type in the question and you have choices of how many answers you want that student to choose from. So your basic procedure is to load an image for the question, type in the question, type in each of the answers. It will default to four answers, but you can choose as many answers as you want. You click an arrow to indicate which answer is correct. You can actually have more than one correct answer. So it's pretty straightforward and you can design your entire test that way. Once you're finished, uh, you just click the finish button and that test is ready. That will now show up on your default screen. Your created test will now show up so that you can use them when you're ready. Also mention that if you did choose to make your test public or you'll notice on all of the public tests that you have them play, that it actually has the number of plays on there. So if you want to make your test public and not include private questions, you can do that. And then it's kind of cool just to sit back and see how many people have looked at your test and said, well, you put a lot of time in that test, or maybe that's the most popular test right now, and you can do things in that regard. In fact, one of the things I'm shooting for soon is on occasion, Kahoot will turn on their certification uh, feature, and you can become a certified Kahoot person. You can design tests for other people. You can be an advisor, and that's what I'm going to do sometime this year once they turn that feature back on. So you've designed your test. You're ready to go. Now, I mentioned that as a long-term sub, I use this quite often. We would be on a new subject. I would pick some of the test or design a test that would cover that subject, and we would compete. There's different kind of students, of course. I have found that my average students, I, they would have enjoyed doing this every day, and it would add a whole new dimension to their participation. A lot of times I would have a difficult time to get them to participate. But once I told them we were doing Kahoot that day, they were participating and they were learning at the same time. I think I also told you in a previous episode that some of the upper A students, they enjoyed it as well, but they also wanted to be challenged in other ways. So I had to keep that in mind as well when I was a long-term substitute to make sure they were uh, getting the needs that they had. And I would do that usually through extra worksheets and they could be uh, participating in those as maybe some of the other students wanted to continue with the Kahoot. So we did it uh, quite often, especially if I knew there was a need for additional learning. Sometimes if you just get away from writing ideas on the board or lecturing uh, then and go to something, a competitive element like this, it helps them to concentrate more, helps them to be focused. And of course, they want to be the one that uh, beats the person next to them and tries to get to the top of the chart. Uh, I would hear we had one student that's on one test that scored a lot more than everybody else. So it 
created a nice little competitive edge for her and the other students wanted to take another test just so they could see if they could challenge her and be the winner on the next test. So it really adds those kind of elements. Now, I mentioned I use it a lot in the long-term classes. Uh, anytime you're a full-time teacher in that regard, uh, you could use it a lot more. But what I have found, uh, teachers know that when you're going to teach their class as a normal substitute teacher, one day at a time, they leave you the directions. Uh, some of these students may get through that. Uh, it might take them the whole class period. Some of the students, it will not. So I would gauge some of my classes. And then if we had some free time and we had the computer elements available, we would play Kahoot and try to further enhance their questions. And also, I would reward students. If students did really well on one test, well, for the next five minutes or so, I might pull up a Marvel test that somebody had loaded on Kahoot and play that. Well, you know, the Marvel movies were popular just a few months ago and continue to be popular, and they thought that was a lot of fun, too. I've done things as simple as farm animals, and of course, that's just to break up the monotony of of uh, learning uh, some of the in-depth questions they would otherwise be learning. So there are a lot of options out there. You can load a lot of options as well. And that's how we use Kahoot. If, Like I said, if I was in a single-day classroom and we had time left over at the end of the class, that's when I would choose to play it as long as we had the resources to do so. So that's Kahoot in a nutshell. Uh, you basically, when you're designing yourself or throwing your screen up for the students, you use Kahoot.com. And when they're typing in the code to participate in the competition, they go to Kahoot.it. And it just they just have to answer those two questions, their username, what name they want to use that day, and the code that you just flashed up on the screen. So it's, it's a lot of fun that way. And I would encourage all of you to try it, at least try it and see how it works out for you. Now, I know there's a lot of other options out there, and I would like to hear from you on what options you thought went well in your classroom. I know a lot of students use Quizlet. I haven't learned that. The only way I'm going to learn it is, is if you guys tell me you really need to learn Quizlet as well, Mr. Collins. I'll be happy to look at that. I would like your comments on whether you like Kahoot, you don't like Kahoot, whether you like Quizlet, you don't like uh, Quizlet, or other competitive ideas that you have used in your classroom. I will tell you this. Uh, I've had associate principals. They've come in while we were playing Kahoot. They loved it. They, they knew there was noise involved, but they could see how much those students were actually engaged in the process. I was teaching middle school sixth grade class, and a fifth grade class came around in our hallways uh, touring the facilities since they would be there next year. They came into our classroom and saw how much uh, we were enjoying the learning aspect of that competitive venture. So it worked out well. So remember that my contact email is greg at 
SubstituteTeachersLounge.com. That's where you can send your comments. I would love for you to do that. Feel free if you're listening to this through Apple Podcasts to leave a review. I would love for you to do that. Uh, There's many ways uh, you can give me some feedback through the email, through the reviews, and I would love to hear from you because I want this to be your podcast. I want you to participate. And in the future, some of those that would like to be interviewed, I would love to have you do that as well. Speaking of which, if you are a subscriber to this podcast, I will be on vacation next week, so there will not be an episode next week. If you're not a subscriber and you're just listening, catching up, well, then you've got the next podcast to listen to right after this. But what I will be doing in the future, I've already gotten it set up with some students, with some teachers. Uh, Parents have signed off on their students participating. We're going to interview students. We're going to see what they like about substitute teachers. We're going to see what substitute teachers did that helped them to learn the most. So we'll hear about that, both from a short-term and a long-term sub situation. What uh, teachers like to in a substitute and what causes them to call that substitute back for a future class. So we'll have those interviews in the next episode, some of those interviews. So I'm glad you were here today for episode four of the Substitute Teacher's Lounge podcast. See you next time. Music provided by Ben Sound.